Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Hi, everybody. My name is Mark Pope. I'm the lead pastor of the church. <clears throat> nice to be with you. Typically right now, I highlight one event coming up, and I'm going to go ahead and do that. Uh, for those of you that have uh, middle schoolers or high school High schoolers, uh, I believe this next Wednesday is, uh, they're having a launch party for student ministries. And so uh, adults, if you're responsible for some kids that age, I was going to say this, I think I will, do, do a great thing for them and encourage them slash make them, cut. get them in a place where they can get to know God. There's nothing better for them in many ways. So Take that seriously, young people, middle schoolers, high schoolers, please consider that. Uh, it, it will be way more than just fun. It'll be life-giving and helpful. So that's this next Wednesday. Um, before we uh, jump into the talk, let's pause and pray about the offering. Okay? Okay. God, many of us this weekend will give a portion of what you've given us financially. We'll give it back to you for your work and for ministry and to support, support the kinds of things that you're doing. As we do that, we really hope that you will feel loved and honored. And also in the midst of that, I pray this prayer regularly. God, will you give us as a church leadership team, anyone who makes a financial decision for the church this week, will you give us uh, incredible wisdom we really, really, really want to be great stewards of your money. We want to make the right decision every single time so the most amount of ministry can happen. So help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 5. Now, Hebrews is a book. It's actually in the New Testament. But for me, it always sounds like it should be in the Old Testament because the Hebrews, if it's in the New Testament, it's toward the end of the New Testament. So it'll be pretty far back in a paper Bible. You can use your smartphone to look it up. Hebrews chapter 5. To the end of chapter 5 is where we're going to be. And for an introductory thought, I don't know, this might start kind of slow, but I think we'll get there. I was reminded, uh, I, I have, uh, I studied some psychology in uh, college, and maybe you have heard of this kind of an idea through uh, your studies or high school, but it's the idea of developmental milestones. Do you study especially child development? Developmental, I think we have a definition that we can put on the screen. Developmental milestones. And I think as we talk about this, you'll go, oh yeah, that makes some sense. It's skills such as, when you're talking about a little baby, skills such as taking a first step or smiling for the first time or waving bye-bye. Those things are called developmental milestones. Does that make sense? It, to put it simply, it kind of means by this age, you ought to kind of be able to do these things. Are you with me? You know, it's kind of, there's kind of a developmental process there. You, you, can, you sit up, and then you crawl, and then you walk, and then you talk. I thought of a developmental milestone. I am so glad that most of us have gotten through. Eventually, you actually, as a, as a little kid, you, you grow up, and you go to the bathroom in the bathroom. <laughs> How many of you are 
How many of you are glad? I hope you're still not working on that one. But it's these things that, you know, are just, okay, developmental minds. Now, here's what I would submit to you. This idea of developmental milestones, it doesn't just apply to kids. We have a great word culturally right now, right? It's called adulting. Have you heard of it? I am thankful that we have a word that can help challenge us to grow, be adults. Have you heard of the word adulting? No? You haven't heard it? It's a word. It's really a word. Nod. Respond. Somehow. Are we here? You've heard of ad- adult. Now, you have to learn to nod if you're an adult. Okay. Here's the adulting. It's the practice of behaving in a way characteristic of a, everybody say it, responsible adult. There are a few people going, I don't like that. That doesn't feel right to me. <laughs> but, you know, you learn to wake up and set your own alarm and pay bills and, and, and get jobs and, like, maybe even a full-time job. And, you know, you, it's this process. How many of you are kind of still in the process of adulting in some ways? I would venture to say most of us are still, like, adulting. Okay, maybe it's just me. All right. But why are these developmental milestones important? Now, listen to this. First of all, I would say if we adult well, if we develop well, that opens doors to to some of the best things in life for us. Do you agree with that? It sets the stage for the things that we would ultimately like to have in our life. Now, there's an opposite side of this that I think I've observed. If we don't adult well, if we adult poorly, it can get really awkward. I'm going to say awkward. Now, I'm going to tell you a story that it felt awkward. This was just this last weekend. My wife and I had the weekend off, and we spent some time up in Michigan, kind of did the Labor Day thing. And so one evening, we were in a little town called Indian River. Here's some pictures of right where we were, Indian River. It's kind of a quaint, little, cool, festive place, especially on the weekends, because there's the Indian, it's a river, there's this Indian river, it goes between these two big lakes, and it's kind of like a boat parade on the right kind of days. People just, and people are friendly, and they go by, I just love, there are many, many times, oops, can we leave it, so many times, I can't tell you how many times that I have sat next to that, and just watch the boats go by, and there's a little restaurant, Anyway, okay, last weekend, my wife and I went to this little restaurant, and you can sit outside. It's called The In-Between. Has anybody been to Indian River? I'm just curious. Nobody? It's kind of a cool place. We're sitting in a restaurant. Okay, leave it up there. So we, if you look at the upper left-hand corner, look at it. We would have been on the left side. We were sitting on the bank out, I don't know, eating something fried. It's vacation. And across the way, in the yard, you can actually see it in the picture, in the yard across the way, there was a woman who was, I'm just going to try to describe her, she was loud, been drinking, and flirty. And here's what she was doing. More often than not, As boats would go by, she was 
engaging in activity. She's yelling and she's like, hey. She was doing, at one point, I don't even know if I can do this the rest of the services, but I'll do it on Saturday. She invited a friend to like pick up a stick and she said, spank me because I've been bad. I was there. I should have pulled out my phone. But let me tell you, the, 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 the straight, this, this is, there's a little added thing in here. How are you feeling a little awkward right now? And here's the other, yeah, I'm feeling really awkward because I just did this in front of the whole church. But it was also a little more weird because she was not young. Now, here was, here was one of the thoughts that came to my mind while I was sitting there <laughs> eating my fried food. By the way, and it was loud, and there were dozens of people all along the banks, and everybody was paying attention and aware. Most people were feeling the same thing we were feeling. It was something like this. There was the, have you heard of the cringe factor? It was way up there. And I remember having this thought with all the compassion of God I could muster. I remember thinking, she is too old to be still doing that. That was a thought that came to my mind. And I don't think I was, it wasn't the only thought. I also thought, check, please, can we go? But it was just this, and I, I actually think, because I noticed and it was making eye contact with some of the other people in the restaurant, and I think there was a general cringe factor going on. Now, so in the midst of that, I actually had a spiritual thought as well. And this actually, this is a thought that might serve you. I want to I give you this idea. I actually had a dialogue later with God, and my spiritual question for the Father was this. God, is there an activity in my life that when I do that, it makes you cringe, and it makes you think, Mark, you are too old to still be doing that. Does that make sense? I don't know if I worded that right, but there's something in there, and I spent some time, and I thought, oh, God, I wonder how many times, God, I wonder how many times the Father looks down at me personally, or maybe you, and, and, and looks and thinks, that, oh, check, please. Can we just watch? There, if you, can you think of maybe even some things? Can you do enough self-examination just think of, oh, God. Well, I do have some good news in the midst of those icky feelings. God is a God who wants to grow us. He not only wants, he, do, he doesn't just want us to grow up. He wants to help us grow up. Let me give you a couple verses. In James chapter 1, it's talking about facing challenges in life. And verse 4 says, let perseverance, this is what God's word said, let's let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature. That's in God's heart. 
in Colossians. This was a very new verse for me to really dwell on. It describes a man named Epaphras. And it says of him that he is always wrestling in prayer for a group of people that you may stand firm. Look at this. Mature and fully assured. That sounds like a grown-up. In Philippians 1.6, it describes our Father, the Creator, God. And it says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. That's good news. So hold that thought. This weekend we're kicking off our fall series called Missing Pieces. Rediscovering the essentials of genuine faith. And can I just tell you, the mission for the fall is to explore ideas and skills that are necessary for the mature, I was going to say spiritual life, and I guess I said it. I was for the mature, but I want to kind of say for the mature life. So let me say that first. Skills and ideas that are necessary for the mature life. Now, I also want to wedge spiritual life in there because can I give you a thought? This is a truth. Your spiritual life, your, the maturity in your spiritual life and in my spiritual life is the greatest determining factor in how your life goes. You ever thought of that? Our spiritual life affects, I'm going to say, Every single aspect of our life. You got a financial problem? Develop your spiritual life, and that will help you in your finances. You've got a relational problem? Grow up spiritually, and it'll affect how we interact and treat each other. You have a physical problem. If you suffer like self-control or different things, I'll tell you one thing that can affect your, our physical bodies. Oh, how about this? An emotional challenge. Grow up spiritually, and that will affect our emotions. It's true. Someone say, good preaching, Pastor Mark. That really is good. Did you get that? I'm going to stop and do it again. Did you know that your spiritual, your spiritual life affects every area of your life. I'll come over here and say it again. Did you guys know this? Your Saturday crew, you all know this, but pray for tomorrow. Because Sunday, sometimes they don't get this stuff as sharp as you are. But I'm telling you, if you don't get anything else from the talk today, if we, if we, if we leaned into the fall with a passion to develop our spiritual maturity there is no better thing that we could do for our lives, for our loved ones' lives, for this world's life than to develop, than to develop our spiritual maturity. That's true. Um, so we're in this series. I do want to give you a heads up about the series. We're going to be talking about important things that will grow us up, community and prayer and the Holy Spirit. We're going to deal some with spiritual warfare, which we need to know if we're going to be all grown-up Christians. Um, and one heads up regarding the calendar, coming mid-October to the beginning of November, we're going to do what we're going to call Wednesday church or Wednesday night church, because as we and other folks that are going to be teaching, we began to explore all the topics that we want to talk about. There wasn't enough time to just do them just on the Sunday, so there'll be four different things. So as that comes, pay attention and try to set aside your Wednesday night, and we're going to deal with more stuff there, Okay. So that'll be coming. Today, I want to uh, deal with this section in Hebrews chapter 5. Let me tell you what's going on. 
God is addressing a situation that actually has gotten a little awkward. There's a group of Christians, and they are uh, not hitting the developmental milestones they should. In this specific section, the writer, I think it was Paul, uh, has written five chapters on the basics of following Jesus in Christian faith. He's talked about Christ as, this, as the ultimate sacrifice. He's talked about Jesus as the high priest. He's dealing with important foundational issues. And for me, what I read in chapter 5 is by the end of the chapter, he's got some mature things that he really wants to talk to these people about, but in the midst of it, he gets disappointed and maybe even frustrated because he ends up saying, I'd love to talk to you guys about this, but you're not grown up enough to have this conversation. That's where we're at. So let's read it. It said it, it said this way, beginning in verse 11. The writer says, We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Verse 12. In fact, oh, look at this. Though by this time <coughs> you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Bounce to verse 14. Solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, last verse, this is our theme verse for the series. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. So we're going to kick it off this evening with two ideas. These are two essentials that I get out of this text for spiritual growth. Before I give you those, would you stand for a moment? And we're going to pray not just about tonight, but we're going to pray about the whole series. While we're doing that, you might pause and think of an area of your life you know right now I'd, I'd really like to grow this fall in that area of life. So I think these things will help those specifics. So let's pray. God, I... And many of us, we give you this fall. It'd be awesome to have a phenomenal spiritual growth spurt. So we submit this talk, the dozens of small groups, the hundreds of conversations that will happen in small groups and classes. I pray a blessing on everybody here who's doing Bible time, doing prayer time, who will be interacting with you this fall. Let it be a phenomenal fall that we might be more mature as we walk through it. And help tonight to be helpful, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to give you two ideas this evening. Get ready. We'll move fairly quickly. First thing about spiritual growth is this. Spiritual growth takes some, I'm sorry, takes accepting some confrontational language. I don't know that I've I like the principle, but I don't know that I like the way I said it there. Accepting some confrontational language. Hang in there and let me walk through a little bit of this, this text. In verse 12, it says, and this is a little bit abrasive. It says, it says, though by this time, you ought to be teachers. Do you feel a little bit like the teacher saying, a little bit of frustration. He wasn't doing that, but a little frustration. It says you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's will. And here it is. This, this gets, you need milk, not 
solid food. Now, other translations say it with a little more edge. The New Living Translation says, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. That's what it says. It says, you're like babies. That doesn't feel really warm and fuzzy, does it? You're like babies. In verse 11, the New Living Translation says, it's difficult to explain since you are, these are just different ways people have translated. It says, since you are spiritually dull. Ouch! And what I want to dwell on for just a moment is, well, in a minute we're going to talk about how we respond to the edgy nature of someone who is trying to help us or the Spirit of God when he comes and he is confrontational, when he is pushing a t- an agenda, a teach, he's trying to train us or mature us. How we respond to that kind of pressure is huge in our life. Now, before we do that, let me just firmly establish here that healthy, the healthy Christian life in, includes confrontational moments. The healthy Christian, it includes confrontational moments. You could call them grow up moments. This first one's not a great, great one, but I've imagined this in Exodus chapter 3. God is calling Moses. He's going to be a leader. He's going to do phenomenal things. This is the first major interaction, and he does this burning bush thing, and he says, Moses, Moses, and so Moses heads that way, and I just notice that at some point he says, don't come any closer and take off your shoes. He says, take off your stand. Now, for me, there's even a little bit of edge to that. It wasn't all hugs, and I'm so glad you're here. But by the way, take off your shoes. Okay, you didn't like that one. Um, How about this? In Matthew 4, 17, Jesus begins to preach. Arguably, the first thing that comes out of his mouth in his public ministry is the word repent. You know what it means? Change. In John chapter 3, Jesus interacts with a man named Nicodemus. You may have heard, this is the story, you might want to write John chapter 3, it's the story where we get the term being born again. Nicodemus comes and he starts the interaction with God in a very pleasant, kind way. He comes to Jesus, he says, Rabbi, gives him a compliment, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. And you know what Jesus does? He jumps right into, I tell you the truth, you must be born again if you're going to be. So Jesus jumps, you can read it, he jumps into, you should be born again to be the good you. Nicodemus says, I don't get it. What are you talking about? Jesus says, you should be born again. No one can see the kingdom of heaven if he's not born. of Some of you are nodding your head like you know this. After he, Jesus tries to teach him twice about the born again thing, here's what Jesus says. He says, you are Israel's teacher. And you do not understand these things? And I just think there was a little bit of edge. It's like, come on. If you want to see something that's really, I'll say, stunningly confrontational, explore Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus said to Peter, because Jesus made a mistake, Jesus said to Peter, get behind me. Satan. Jesus called, he says to Peter, Satan? I don't know about you, but I think I'd be a little disappointed in myself or something if Jesus looked right at me. Oh, I feel like a tangent right now. 
No, we'll get there. It, we'll get there. Uh, go on. Here's the question. You can fill this in on your handout. How do I respond to spiritual correction? That's a great question. How do I respond to spiritual correction? When someone, I would argue with the right spirit or the wrong spirit, says you should grow up. How do you respond to grow up conversations? How do we respond to that? Can I give you three possible options that will come up on the screen? How do I respond to spiritual confrontation? One, do I get offended? If someone calls me, if, if someone calls me out on being spiritually dull, do I just go, oh, I'm never talking to you again, and you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I mean, do you get offended and you cut off it? Do you do that? By the way, I would, I'll tell you this is not easy. But we're not talking about what is easy. We're talking about what will grow us up. I still remember when I was first beginning to preach, and and uh, one of the uh, an overseer of mine, he was over me in the vineyard. He would have been called, you know, kind of my boss. He came and visited our church when I was preaching. I was preaching as hard as I knew how, and he came up after the service and he said, "Mark, is everything funny to you?" And I went, "Well, I had a choice to make. You know, part of me wanted to go. Is everything funny to you?" Part of me, the, I, part of me, I had to decide, was I going to get offended? Or, and here's what I'd encourage you to do in those moments, or would you be humble enough to listen and then take the comment? You don't have to take everything everybody says, but you know what was helpful for me after that? I took that comment to God and I said, Lord, are you using that to, God really used that comment in my life. Anyway, do you get offended? Another possibility, you just dismiss everything that has to do with correction or challenge in your, you just dismiss it. Anytime there's a, you're like, well, whatever, you just don't pay attention. The last one is the, is the best thing to do. Do you engage? Even in the midst of correction, you go, I'm going to take this to God. And I'm not going to quit. Even if, some, even if Jesus calls, you know, calls you. You know, think, one of the things I love about Peter, I was, this, I was going to say this earlier. I love the fact that Peter, after Jesus called him Satan, he still kept going. That's a big deal. Kudos to that guy. And you know what eventually Peter became and was? One of the greatest world changers in Christian history. It's because he could take a tough confrontation, a tough challenge, and he kept going. And it grew him up. Finish up this point. What is what again? What is one of my spiritual growing edges? You can write that in. It's a good thing to think about. I think we've already talked about that. What's a growing edge for you? And then here is the big deal. This is the, the takeaway, the practical side. Will I take offense, dismiss the thought, or grow up? This fall. This series is about doing the grow up thing. Let's talk about one more thing. Next thing is spiritual growth takes preferring a grown-up diet. A grown-up diet. 
You probably noticed in the text, it talked about you need milk, not solid food. And I'd emphasize verse 14, where it says, solid food is for the mature. Now, I believe, doesn't make it true, I believe the writer here and God through his word ultimately is not just trying to confront these less than mature Christians. I don't think God is just trying to poke them and make them feel. What is his hope is that he could provoke them to grow up and be mature. So I want to, I want to uh, start with this thought about this spiritual food. This solid food is for the mature. We need a grown-up diet. And uh, here's an observation. You probably noticed this. I think there's something in us, even as kids, as children, uh, at least it's a way with, with my kids, even from a little tiny age, they want to eat grown-up food. Have you watched kids do this? They, I mean, as soon as they can do, as soon as they can do anything at all, they're reaching for my French fries. I'm like, those are my French fries, dude. You don't have any teeth. They, did any of your kids, anybody watch a kid? They'll gum a French fry to death because they want the grown-up food. Or if they, if they got the little sippy cup thing, or they're on. What, whatever, they're like, whatever's in the grown-up cup, that's what I want. Now, here's what I would say. Here's an observation. I think you'll get it. I never thought of this before. But isn't it awesome to, to have teeth? <laughs> have you ever thought about that? I am so glad. A few of you might be going, they're, they're, well, yeah, you had teeth at one time, right? And now these... And then you go to the doctor, you get more teeth. Anyway, it is so awesome to have teeth. Last night, I reached in the fridge, and, and there, we had these uh, fresh cucumbers. and like this, It was cold, and I just laid on the bed with my wife. We were watching TV, and I took that big old cucumber. I was like, <laughs> ate that cute. Some of you are like, cucumber. Yeah, for me, it was like, yeah. And in the midst of it, I, I'm glad I got teeth. That would have been a hard thing to try. So that make the cucumber might not do it for you. Let's think of something else. Corn on the cob. Oh, with way too much butter. You know where you just like dip the, you dip it into the butter and you come out dripping and you put so. Ever been glad you got teeth? It may not be a great illustration, but regarding this series, you can write this in. This series is about developing spiritual teeth so we can experience God's best food. <laughs> you can put stuff if you want, but after you put stuff, put food. God's best food. I am sure that heaven is filled with spiritual delights and treasures that he would love to pass out to you and to me. But he will not do that if we don't have the spiritual teeth to be able to dig into it. It's the way it works. You don't give a two-year-old or you don't give a one-year-old certain foods because they can't handle it. God's at least as good a parent as we are way better. And by the way, 
This is not just about our spiritual growth and our spiritual appetite and us taking care of our needs and our desires. I got a text from uh, my daughter. She's beginning college. She texted me this uh, midweek this week, I think it was. It'll come up on the screen. And basically, she was in a conversation with someone. And she was asking, she said, Dad, she said, we're talking about the Word, the Bible, the Scripture, or the Word, and how that is Jesus. Because the Bible says that the Word became flesh and dwelled among us, that Jesus is the Word, and the Word, right, there's some stuff. You know what? I was really glad that somewhere in there, God has grown me up enough to be able to, to shoot, some, shoot a Bible verse too here. I'm so glad I didn't go, wow, I have no idea. IDK, sad face. <laughs> You're on your own. Hope you figure that out. <laughs> I am so glad I had, I don't have all the spiritual chops in the world, and I don't have it, but you know, I was really glad that I had a response to my 18-year-old daughter who was in a dialogue, and it was important. Got it. Uh, let's see. What was the next thing. Oh, you ever get this question from people? This is not just about us, you guys. If God is good, why do bad things happen? You know, it'd be awesome if we all had the spirit. Let me just ask you this. It's a little bit confrontational. Don't get mad. Don't get offended. Do you have the spiritual teeth to jump into that? You know what, you know what our friends need, our neighbors need, you know what we need? We need to develop our spiritual teeth so that we have a foundation of maturity that stuff like that doesn't scare us off. Because, you know, there is a reason for the, for the terrible things that we see around us. And it's not because God is terrible. If, if God is good... Oh, I'll give you a couple more. I was talking to a guy. I've never met him, but we were in a long conversation on the phone this week. And he was describing in one of his houses... There is haunted. He said it's haunted. He was telling me, he said, people have seen the guy who died in the house sitting on the end of a bed. There's a ghost at my house. That's what he was saying. As I was thinking through that, I was grateful. But no, let me ask it this way. Do you have, wouldn't it be good to be able to engage in a conversation about ghosts and unseen things and demonic things in such a way that you had some wisdom or foundation to talk about it in a true way and you didn't? If, wouldn't it be great if our best card was not, well, in Ghostbusters, they had this <laughs> box and then you, you put it out there and then it sucks it in there. That's what I'd do if I were you. Well, that's helpful. I think we should have something more than Ghostbusters. This was a tough one for me. I'm wrestling through this because I want to be helpful to my friend. Got a friend of mine, kind of a newer friend of mine, and they asked me two weeks ago, could God heal me of my cerebral palsy? I'd like to have a good godly answer. And not only would I like to have a good godly answer, I'd like to know how to pray to increase the chances of God doing that. It's about growing up. Uh, can you put up all three of those things on the screen again? There you go. The series, folks, it's about growing us up so that we're in those kind of situations. One is it won't mess up our spiritual life. 
And the other thing is it might better equip us to be helpful to the people around us. That's why we're doing this fall the way we're doing it. Let me give you a couple side next steps and then we'll close. Just so you know, there's an opportunity for a class that's specific regarding the hard questions. It kicked off this last Thursday. The class is called, If God is Good and Other Challenging Topics. Now, I got permission from Pastor Steve Huffman and Keith Craner teaching this class. They already did one class this Thursday, but I asked them, you can still get in on this class. There's four more weeks to this class. And can I just encourage you? If you don't have anything going on on Thursday nights, or maybe if you have something less important on Thursday nights, how about you go to this class and develop your spiritual maturity? That sounds like a great idea. If you want to do that, just make sure you stop by the resource center because they may have, there's already over 60 people in the class and they may have to adjust if if 700 of us join it, they'll have to move it to the mall. I don't know where they'll move it, but we'll figure it out. Join that class Thursday evening, four more weeks. And if you missed, the, you missed the first one already, but Pastor Steve said that they'll post it online so that you can even get the first. All right, here's another one. You could double dip this fall and take a class on Sunday mornings during the weekend. So we're trying this for the first time. During the 8.30 service, we're not only doing church here, but we're doing a class called The Life of Jesus. So you could double dip church teachy stuff. So you could not only get incredible preaching from me. Yeah, that wasn't really funny, was it? Not ringing the bell tonight, am I? You know what? Or whatever's going on here, you could get top. And you could also say, I'm just going to go to that class. So you could sign up for that. All right, last fill in the blank. Am I ready to dig into some real food? That's what the fall is about. I hope you'll be here every weekend. I hope you'll be here every weekend. I hope, you'll be, I hope you'll be here every weekend. Please do not wait till Saturday at 4 o'clock to go, I don't know, do I want to go to church? Just decide I'm going to be at church, right? If you, if you have to be out of town, jump online because it's online. Be here. It's going to be a good fall. It's going to help us, and I think it will help the people around us. Why don't you stand, and we'll move into a time of prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.